0: Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Petri Dish, uh, the podcast where we talk about science and science fiction, the real stuff, and the fake stuff, and talk about how they, you know, inform each other, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You'll get it. My name is Abe Epperson. I'm one of
1: your hosts. And I'm Christian Ramirez, your other host.
0: And uh, usually it works that uh, Christian comes in with something hot and spicy yeah. and I, uh, me likey. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, what what do you got for us today, Christian?
1: Today, today, we're going to talk about the housing of the future. Houses. Like how we're going to, yeah, the places that we're going to live in sci-fi. Like, I guess Jetson's house, anything really mm-hmm. kind of counts. And I'm going to avoid spaceships just because, yes, people live in spaceships and a lot of sci-fi. But they're also vessels. But yeah, exactly. They're things that travel. So right now we're going to work on, yeah, all the stuff that if you're living on Coruscant, if you're living in the Jetsons world, if you're living on Earth in the Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. then this is the kind of stuff that we're probably going to be looking at and the stuff that it has relation to today. Okay. So yeah. Um. So right now there's a lot of emphasis on when it comes to building houses that we think are like kind of sci-fi. There's a lot of emphasis on either doing one of uh, going one of two directions, going smart houses, which is completely integrating all of our technology. And then there's the low tech houses is another direction that people are going in when it comes to like tiny houses and stuff like that. There was a professor that lived in a dumpster, that he made. <laughs> <laughs> that one. ain't one professor. He's a professor at, uh, in Austin, Texas, I think. He refitted a dumpster to be, like, comfortable on the inside. Right, right, right. And they lived there for, uh, I think, six months, um, just kind of performing that experiment to see how livable it was in that tiny enclosed space. Where Which, did you say this was? In Austin, Texas. That makes sense. <laughs> But he also, like, didn't... The, the thing that, like, was off-putting about it was that he didn't have, like, plumbing attached to it. Mm-hmm. So, so he was just in the shitting in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> may,
0: I, I said it. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> Fire back, Austin, Texas people. Nah. You have a lovely town. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, um, so... A lot of a lot of this, no matter what, is going to be geared towards kind of living off the grid, right. living being in a sustainable, self-sustaining, low carbon footprint place. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, what are the
0: problems we have to solve? Like now, things we have to solve before we begin. What are what informs the making of these buildings? Then?
1: A lot of the times, the making of these buildings. Um, you're you have to be conscious first about the kind of stuff that you're impact on the environment as far as the materials that you're even going to use to build. Mm -hmm. Um, So first off we have, there's the low tech um, ways of like recycling um, containers, shipping containers. Okay. Especially if you're close to a port city, like I live in Long Beach. um, There's, an abundance of just empty containers that end up there at the port and nobody has anything to do with them, but they're very cheap to buy. Like you could buy one for a couple thousand bucks
0: and then insulate it. Yeah. And
1: then then, yes, you go through the process of insulating. Um, But you already have that steel frame, which is rated for actually being shipped across the ocean and it, and going on ships that are going across obviously waves. So they're very stable and sturdy. Um, and you can use those. There's some really like you can, it's basically like using Legos because, yeah. uh, you're just stacking them on to, on top of each other and they fit together, uh, perfectly because they have to, um, and you just have to find a piece of land and then you got to wire it, insulate it and add windows, whatever you want to it. But there's, that's one of the like recycling methods of doing it. Uh, there's also methods when it comes to um, building kind of you can build things underground cuz that then that completely negates your need for insulation and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You can have basically a hobbit house. <laughs> and yeah. but obviously with walls and all that kind of stuff. They plumbing. prefer
0: mole people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you have like hillsides and stuff like that on your property, then you can build something into the hillside mm-hmm. and it completely it you don't need to insulate it. Um, you can add like heating and stuff like that to it if you want to, but then you can also do stuff like grow a garden on top of your house and you can grow food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which obviously when it comes to green housing and lowering your carbon footprint in general, uh, the more food that you can grow yourself, that you consume, the better it is for the planet. Because you don't have to go out and get that food from whatever resource. And obviously that's hard in a city, but we already talked about on the food episode the fact that they're developing methods of um, vertical uh, vertical farming.
0: Like skyscraping. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And a lot of places, uh, specifically right now, um, Singapore is said that they're determined to be the greenest city in the world. Um, They have, they have these things called, let me see. Oh yeah. Okay. So basically uh, Singapore was having a really hard time in the last like 30 years, but then they made a bunch of changes to where they're trying to go green as green as possible and to be the first um, carbon negative or carbon neutral city on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're doing stuff like they have these things called super trees. Uh, they're, they're part of a display at the 250 acre gardens by the bay. The high tech structures range from 80 to 160 feet and collect solar energy to power nightly, uh, nightly light show. So right now it's, it's kind of just in more of an art an art structure than it is a functional structure, but they're showing that they can do it through these things. Uh, they have so they have a softer side too. Their trunks are vertical gardens laced with more than one hundred fifty thousand living plants. So they basically are giant solar towers that are collecting energy that are also covered in plants. So as like I said, as of right now, they're not. They don't power anything huge. They power a light show that they have at night. But that is the first step to getting to a point where we have buildings that are covered in solar panels that, um, that are collecting all the energy they need that are also covered in rooftop gardens and all that kind of stuff that are just, um, that are essentially making little cities out of just a single building mm-hmm. where you can, and, and you have goods and stuff like that, that you can, that you can share and, uh, the food and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm.
0: Okay. yeah yeah so it's like <clears throat> urban develop urban development mm-hmm. of sustainable like f- energy and food yeah and stuff yeah um so that's i'd imagine that the, like a city just like as it is now as like a series of houses or say ser- like mm-hmm. we have to build like a uh like a one small part of that like a dome for mm-hmm. a family yeah and then just copy paste that and that's how you make a city right yeah. so uh how how do you sustain like just for let's just take one person uh for one like, person do people do this kind of thing where they say this is the amount of food that you need to uh you need and this is how much like percentage of your space needs to be allocated to food or how you do with uh waste disposal because i know yeah. they have bio uh like essentially like mulchers yeah that you essentially creates nitrogen rich soil mm-hmm. from your feces and then mm-hmm. you use that to essentially fertilize your crops yeah uh and that's like one thing um so there's one there's one thing about like knocking it knocking down the necessity and there's one thing about replacing it yeah because that's the true true achievement of sustainable homes is that it's like you don't need to be reliant on somewhere else because that's the kind of things that they're like the world of tomorrow kind of like the Mm -hmm. mars projects back in like the 70s where they were like they got people drawing like this is what a home might look like on Mars and it's like a dome and you know, like the idea is that, well, how could that actually be achieved? I mean, that's nice little painting, Hmm. but like, how would you actually make it so that it could be a closed system and you can survive for many years?
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of the green home and the carbon neutral home technology that we're looking at right now, just for the world, um, is basically everything is going to be recycled. All the water that you use to to drink and to um, and like to wash dishes or to take a shower or anything like that. Gray water is going to get reused to go into the toilet that that it's going to flush. And then your your waste is going to go into composting. And that water that is now black water um, is going to go into the, the land that you're growing food on. That, mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff to where you're completely reduce You're reducing your water consumption by like huge factors. Uh, obviously, you still need the water, drinkable water for all the stuff that you whatever it is that you need personally to drink and to cook with. Yeah. But the fact that you are going to reuse all of that water to also go into your toilet to go into watering, things like that, mm-hmm. that reduces your consumption by like literally gallons a day, right. which cause we only drink about, I mean, you need to drink about a gallon of water is what they say. Um, a lot of us don't, but, <laughs> but yeah, so that gallon then goes into all the other things that you do. But right now, all of that water is literally consumable water that we're wasting because it's going into our toilet and our shower and our sink. And um, so, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, we have to think about it from all angles, yeah. right? We have to think about it. Of, in an ideal world, there's a situation where you can, like, recycle in the same Like, you have a mini recycling plant, yes, essentially. Yes, exactly. Uh, or something that burns up plastics or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, you know, you aren't just using the plastic, but you can actually, like, reform it to yeah. your, you know... Build your cups mm-hmm. every few, you know, weeks or something like that, or, you know, th- use only things that are biodegradable. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting notion. I still don't. Has anyone ever done a closed system environmental ho, ho, house? Like, uh,
1: there's no. I don't. Not not that I'm aware of. There's not anyone that's like 100% efficient. Because right. Because that's obviously, impossible. Oxygen. Yeah. You need you need to bring in stuff from outside of the system. But I'm trying to think. No of system is. 100%. Cody and I
0: playing on Minecraft, where every time we make a a base, yeah uh it is absolutely like you you could just live in the base yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> obviously there's only three things you need in that Yeah. you know but uh you know it makes you start to think of like oh you start that's why i think that they should be teaching things like legos or uh even better like minecraft to kids yeah. because they can develop these ideas that are like frankly outside of the box kind of like yeah. how you were saying with the hobbit hole where yeah it's there's one intelligence to like all of your surface area going underground. So the, the top side is all surface area devoted to crops and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, how to make a smaller house out of this square footage, both horizontally, both in three dimensions in Mm -hmm. space and in vertical,
1: uh, you're thinking in three dimensions instead of two. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, how, how you can reap the benefits of that volume. um, that's the kind of clever things. Like what are, what are some of the most other clever things that you've found in your research? Like things that may, maybe people don't know about.
1: Yeah. Recently I saw a video that was talking about, um, just a bunch of different things that are like helping the planet. And one of the technologies that it talked about was using human feces and compost and stuff like that to make charcoal essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, it's it gets burned so all the bacteria is out of it but then you and end up with little briquettes basically that you can use to cook with and it doesn't have any smell there's nothing wrong with it there's it's you're taking everything except for the carbon out of it and then once you once you burn it to make food or whatever, and they've used it to eat off of too. Mm. It's just the idea that it's poop is gonna bother some people. Yeah, just like uh, in the last
0: episode, it was bugs. It's just yeah. really weird that we jump from like. <laughs> think about how we can use poop, because it's gonna be there. It's like it's yeah. undeniable. There,
1: there will be poop. Uh, A less popular Daniel Day-Lewis and movie. And like people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, he he was an oil man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the
1: sequel to there will be yeah. blood.
0: Uh, it, it's. It does intrigue me that the scientists are thinking about, like, <laughs> they jump real quick from, like, how can we solve the poop problem to, like, everything can be poop. You can eat <laughs> off this poop. You can cook off this poop. You can just put the poop in your eyes. Why would I do any of that? Like, there's a better, I don't have to make, like, I don't have to cook off the poop, but I guess that that is, if it doesn't smell and it's, like,
1: you Yeah, know, make that charcoal briquettes i mean it's the
0: same it's kevin costner in Waterworld. drinking his own piss you know it's like all right if the science backs it up there's that that meme now that it's (laughs) it's like this whole rube goldberg machine and it's bill gates because he developed this uh, in africa these plants Mm -hmm. that are not like these these water generation plants Mm -hmm. that are uh you just put in like sewer water yeah and you can just piss right in it. <laughs> and then it goes through a bunch of processes through that are like solar and wind power design. And uh, you get potable water. Yeah. And then there's a shot of him with this thing behind him. And he's just drinking it. And then he like smiles and nods like, mm, that's good water. <laughs> and it's because it's supposed to be like an ad for a look at all the cool things yeah. that we're developing. But he's just like,
1: Bill Gates is... T- <laughs> This is a weird flex piss. right now. Yeah. Uh, really weird flex. But yeah, there's, uh, there's other just like small low-tech ideas. Like um, I saw a thing that's basically a pencil sharpener that you, like one of the little hand ones, that you will put plastic bottles and stuff like that into. And then you unravel them and it ends up making a plastic string out of it, okay. which you can then use to do whatever whatever your string needs are at the time (laughs) but it's also high tensile strength because it's made out of the plastic from the bottles so you could
0: become (laughs) spider-man that's
1: what i'm getting at is like can you become spider-man
0: you can try well you can definitely tie up you know people and get their secrets that's true that's another sustainability thing (laughs) that i you know (laughs) give me your food (laughs) i tied you up you're in my bunker now it's
1: sustainable (laughs) well okay but yeah they're also developing they've also developed a lot of uh like the power generation stuff as far as solar roof tiles Uh um and they have solar tiles that you can attach to any surface you can make them white if you want to it doesn't have to be black it just obviously is less efficient than the what you think of the stereotypical solar tiles are Mm -hmm. um and obviously in a place like california we could generate a ton of energy by doing that. Uh, Germany, I think made the commitment to go completely renewable by 2030. Um, And they, for the first time, it was a couple of years ago, but uh, the first time they powered their entire country for one day on renewable energy. And that's a big deal. Mm. Like just showing that they can do that at all. Um, and then obviously they went back <laughs> the next day because that's super taxing, but stuff like the, the, what's it called? The Tesla power wall. I can't remember what, which one. Yeah.
0: I can't remember the name, but, but yeah, yeah, it's just batteries. And yeah. You can go completely off grid.
1: Yeah. And so using stuff like that along with the. Little wind, you can attach wind turbines to pretty much anything because you don't have to make them in a big pinwheel formation anymore. They can be just a small spiral that actually acts more efficiently. And you can use turbines like that that are similar shapes. If you live near water, you can put that in there and it's just turning a turbine, yeah. which is going to be generating power for whatever for your house. And that. These are all just different ways of solving the power problem, mm-hmm. generally, is the biggest thing. So, obviously, in the desert, that's going to be yeah. solar and wind is going to be the easiest way to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah they tried orphan on a bicycle power,
1: <laughs> but, it, but with solar
0: and wind seem to test better in... In groups
1: Yes Kind of like
0: Snowpiercer like, It's weird to me that we're totally like Oh it's horrifying He's putting little kids in there And they're like running the engine But it's basically just like Say you're just making little orphan hamsters Yeah <laughs> Like just running on the wheel baby And then when they get all tired out You just throw them in to the mulcher Ed Harris uh, Yeah but obviously I'm making light of a very serious <laughs> thing because that's what i do with like pain Uh, (laughs) but but yeah like uh we were talking about that in the climate change one where it's it's surprising to know how much like solar and wind power constitutes the californian power yeah and and it's like already here yeah people still think it's this little tiny thing of like yeah but in the end of the day we're only at like what 10 percent like we have to stick around with fossil fuels it's like no man Fossils yeah, we really Are kind of going? <laughs> yeah. They're going the way of the dinosaur, <laughs> yeah. like the f- oils that they mine. Uh, but yeah, the solar and solar and wind uh, yeah. and oceans. It's mm-hmm. like what do they call it? Use the, the tides, t- tidal, tidal generation. Mm-hmm. Which is just like these buoys out in the middle of Mm -hmm. shit that are attached to a grid that essentially use the up and ebb Mm -hmm. and flood, up and down motion to run a motor, much in the same way, like a hamster wheel.
1: Yep. And that's the same thing as right now they're working on um, what are basically floor tiles or floorboards that Mm -hmm. harvest energy just from you walking on them. They have Mm -hmm. a tiny bit of give in them, and when you put pressure on them, it's generating power. Yeah. Uh, So... So this is all about the. This is all about it, like developing
0: a closed system, or as yeah. far as we can get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there's a lot of elements to the quality of life of people mm-hmm. that make things add lack of sustainability. Yeah. Stuff like transport stuff yeah you have to get in a car obviously there's electric cars so you can do your best and this isn't a call to action in terms of right right make yourself better be more environmentally (laughs) friendly no no that's not what we're talking about we're talking about how is that my question is how is that like a? Like we're attaching it from different industries right now. Mm. Like I'd say that per capita, most of the America, most of America especially, just because that's what I'm is yeah. real, not just relevant to me, but it's what I understand uh, and I live in the American culture. They do see there's this over overwhel- like there's this overarching kind of concept about like sustainability or you know environmentally friendly. Yeah. Um, But they're still very much so not considering – like, they consider the car industry one thing. They consider, you know, the, you know, organic or, uh, you know, like GMO foods another. They consider uh, solar power another industry when the reality is they're all the same industry. Yeah. that's the industry of sustainability. Mm -hmm. How do you – sexy that up a notch. How do you get it? Like, how do we stop thinking of it in terms of, yeah, I do eat a bunch of burgers and stuff like that, but I do have a Tesla, you know, like, right. and that is finding enough for a lot of people for me as well, incremental baby steps, all that. But, uh, is there a way in which there's a better PR motivation to like sell a suite, like sell right. a, you know, like if you live at this building, you get like a sustainable car, Mm-hmm. You get the sustainable stuff. Mm-hmm. You opt into this essentially a commune that needs you to run as a part of it. In a lot of ways it reminds me of that Black Mirror episode yeah. where everything is that fifteen million credits where like the ve- they are both the celebrities And they're also running on the bikes because that powers the system itself. Mm -hmm. Like, don't forget that one of your most valuable assets and resources is humans themselves doing work and stuff like that. Yeah. That's how I imagine terraforming, or not terraforming, but colonizing Mars would be like. Yeah. Right. Is that everyone has to spend two hours of their day on that tricycle because it's always got to be going. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah. I think that I don't know how to. I guess sexy it up. But this is a lot of this technology and integrating the sustainable technology into our lives is going to be part of the reason that we're able to get to a spacefaring society. Okay. Because when we are each individually, each individual house is basically powering is creating power that we're that we're all using and we're at a carbon neutral or even super optimistic but carbon negative state then that is going to take away our need for fossil fuels and of course there's the big obstacle of fossil fuel lobby and stuff like that but that's how we get to this i think basically we get to this point where we're all living sustainably um, on large scale numbers, not just and not that doesn't mean just individual people, but like corporations and uh, the United States military. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's once we are living in a society that is sustainable, that's when we can look at the the issues of trying to conquer getting to another planet and colonizing other places, colonizing the moon, colonizing, uh, sending mining ships to Titan that can harvest their all the fossil fuel all the natural gas and oil and stuff there that I mean why would we do that Mm -hmm. once we don't need it anymore but you can do that at that point going to different um, asteroids to mine iron ore and uh, yeah Uh, getting ice from comets and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so we have more water but yeah so I think that that is the motivation for And I think you can make it look good too. like (laughs) you can make greenhouses look really cool and sci-fi ish and like you have solar panels on it or you're living in something that looks like uh, an apartment out of Star Trek, like Kirk's apartment or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's how you do it. That's how you sell it to people. But yeah.
0: That is the longest campaign slogan for <laughs> Ramirez 2020 that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe in that. I believe in that message. Uh, so obviously you're going to get that bent here at yeah. this podcast. We're all drinking the Kool-Aid over here. And that Kool-Aid was made from bugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think that, so what you just gave me is you gave me more of a top down. Yeah version of it where we change the civilization itself to be sustainable. Yeah. And then we can look inward. Yeah. You know, uh, what's, <laughs> what's the woman's name who was doing like the, you know, like she's like, you get much joy from the net. Oh, uh, Marie record. Kondo. Kondo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's something to be said about figuring out inside and yeah. then doing it. But I think, yeah, I think you're, I think that that they're both important but you're probably right at the end of the day because from fear standpoint and that's kind of why I was asking the question yeah. there's people who just don't want to do this yeah, you yeah. know like the, the there's people who will always want to be like oh this aesthetic looks like shit or uh oh, I yeah. don't like this I find living here is oppressive to my yeah. you know <laughs> and the other thing is like you have things like um it's super helpful when we try to use nasa as a model yeah. of closed systems but remember just like i said earlier when i was talking about one of the best commodities of that sustainability is having someone yeah there using the human as a sustainable element it is being fed by but it is also putting back into the system mm-hmm. uh, so that, that it's a crucial part of that loop uh yeah. existing now when you have able-bodied smart astronauts to work with who can run on a, or like essentially pedal on a bicycle. That's one thing. But if you have someone who isn't as able bodied, yeah. Uh, maybe that doesn't work for them, that model. Mm -hmm. So now, now we have to start thinking about in terms of like, how do we get, if we truly want to be sustainable is I guess what I'm getting at, we're going to have to ensure that everyone is a part of that process to some extent. And as you, as we all run into the problem of like, not all humans, there's many shapes and sizes and abilities. So how do we make those all work for us? Yeah. Uh, I think is a a powerful part of their PR campaign because if they don't address it, there's going to be people who are very unhappy with the way in which they could like that. Going back to star Trek goes, we always do in this podcast, uh, in Star Trek when in their utopia, uh, the assumption, what if someone just fucking hated space? Is yeah. that, they, they just like, I fucking hate space. I don't want to go up in space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's the worst thing. I think it's bad. Yeah. I, it's that, it's bad that we're explorers. We're constantly, there's a case for it too. Like sure. the wolf three nine five or whatever it was like straight up, we went out there and then we brought back the Borg and they killed <laughs> like most of our, like federation and everything was devoted to that. So in that same sustainability, if something goes wrong on not your side, you might have the propensity to blame those people and be like, I'm not a part of the problem. I'm just doing my thing. And you have now made my life worse because you didn't do your thing correctly. And so if that's true, how do you stumble past that PR perspective of getting people to want to be a part of like, team human yeah, yeah. Uh, in the way that someone has drafted up saying this is what team human is. Yeah. And if it doesn't self-define, like if you don't de- define that version of self-human, not saying that you don't identify with being human, yeah, yeah, yeah. but someone's version of it, isn't that a form of coercion?
1: Sure. Um, I think the best way to sell sustainability to other people is probably the people that are resistant to it. Probably working, focusing on the fact that the more sustainable that we each individually live, that means we have to spend less time working. We have to spend less time on just struggling to survive because right, exactly. Cause that's, cause that is also the goal of sustainability. It's not just to, to make sure that we have a better impact on the planet. No, it's, So that you individually don't have to work as much to just survive so that you can stay home and just I mean, you can devote 10 hours a week to programming or whatever it is to your basic duties in this society and then devote the rest of the time to art to whatever it is that you want to do to philosophy to, if you want to build things, then you can build them on your own. Calling
0: kids noobs on (laughs) counter strike.
1: Sure. And yeah. And I think that's a good trade off to go. Okay. You are going to have to, you're going to have to live in a place because it's not even an individual person necessarily doing anything. Once we make it, the societal norm that these are the kinds of houses and these are the kinds of places that we live in, people are going to live in them. Um, So I don't think that's going to matter as much as far as selling the individual person on it. I think Mm -hmm. selling the economic impact and the economic importance of it is going to be the more important part because we don't think about the house that we live in right now and what it's made out of. Mm -hmm. So why would we start thinking about it just because there's solar panels on it? You know what I mean?
0: depends on if you're an architect uh but yeah that's a valid point that's right. a valid point it's out of sight out of mind for most people
1: yeah just the floor that we stand on right now or that people stand on they don't think about the they won't think about the fact that it's also helping to power their home
0: mm-hmm. i mean i don't even la- want to think about what's <laughs> under there because there's probably like a spider that's true it's probably a lot of spiders <laughs> but i mean like a really big one <laughs> Like an eight foot long spider (laughs) under my house. I, I I dream about it. I dream about it. It's probably going to take me over. And it's like, you no. No, I'm just doing a podcast. I'm just doing a bit where it's just me talking with my spider friends. Uh, No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, you need to think about like, what is the utility of a wall? What is the utility of a ground?
1: And we're just, no, but it's true. And that's what we're doing with a lot of sustainable technology. I think the people that are working on it right now are pretty smart in that they are taking things that we don't even, that don't even occur to us. And they are making, they're making something out of it that will help us, that, that'll that help power the space that right. we, where we live.
0: It's kind of a wonderful thing about the symbiosis of many industries yeah uh, or rather they're thinking about how the industries branch into each other yeah uh because for example i'm like man there's got to be a cool way to like figure out like you said how to make like panels under your ground like be like streamlined or your ceiling being for crops or for uh Mm -hmm. for solar panels or something like that or yeah yeah like at the top of your, your roof i should say um but i'm like I shouldn't be the guy who determines that because I didn't, I I don't know that. Right. But what I can do is talk about it on a podcast and make poop jokes. Uh, And maybe someone will be like, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I do think that a lot of it has to do with um, us voting in ways that are going to change the industries that operate already.
0: But there will be many industries, And I'm not just talking about like oil jobs. There'll be industries that we should, will probably disappear Mm -hmm. with the creation of a new industry, which is, just specifically focused on the sustainability of like the power grid. Like there's still power jobs, but like everyone's doing a little bit of the power jobs. It's like crowdsourced. We're seeing that on the internet because Mm -hmm. we realize that the power of a click is monetizable. And, um, you know, things like, um, not just from a economic standpoint, but like the power of a voice, the power of, uh, like political, uh, agendas going back and forth and stuff like that. How do how do, how do, how do you, mecha- how do you weaponize really mm-hmm. like an idea? And one of the best ways to do that is to just get a bunch of people supporting it. Uh, mm-hmm. And we see that no better than the machine that is the internet yeah. and it's capable of horrible things and wonderful sure. things. But the point is it's a very effective tool about, uh, getting someone to go to a website, read a thing, Click whether or not they support it or hate it and us getting that data and, you know, knowing exactly what the, you know, what is the, what's going on under the current of human civilization at this time, or at least the people who have internet connection and go to that website, um, I mean, that's why Twitter is a shit show, right? yeah. <laughs> because it is exactly that. That's why yeah. Reddit's a shit show. It's yeah. it's trying to democratize the idea of ideas yeah. and how we interchange them. And by doing so, you create this wide dynamic of people from different backgrounds who feel like, once again, because we're imperfect humans,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're... You, I feel I should be the one designing the house. I want him to design the house. Yeah. Why? Because I think I, I, I think I have a lot of good ideas. Yeah. Uh, well, what are your credentials? Cause this guy's credentials are better. Yes, but he's also Nazi. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. they, there's so many things to consider about when we choose who are the people who are going to essentially be the tip of the spear, yeah. uh, in, in, terms of sustainable living and the urban planning development stages yeah. of that, because we're barely, we're barely in our infancy in, in that yeah. regard, um, much less going and colonizing other planets. Uh, I just think that how do we, from once again, going back to the PR perspective, uh, how do we install in the, the feeling that these are the right people for the jobs? I yeah. mean, that's in the end, that's what the government is supposed yeah. to do. And there's always been mistrust of the government. hmm uh, by almost 50% of the population for most of the century. Uh, (laughs) if not more than half people don't like the administration and much less like, not just like the overarching, like, should we have the TSA or something like that? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about just straight up, like you are the bad person to be in charge of determining what, what the feds, the number, the number of, for inflation, yeah. taking money out of my pocket. You are the one to blame. I hate you. I, you know, like that kind of version of things has to be kind of nullified in an extent. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, that, uh, that I'm trying to, I mean, that's kind of like what you're saying, right? Because you're saying it's kind of a top down method. Mm-hmm. Um Bottom up doesn't seem to work.
1: Yeah, there's, and there are some things that you can do to, some things you can say, I guess, to sell this kind of stuff. And I think a lot of it is uh, getting away from fossil fuels makes us more secure, makes us less dependent upon foreign interests and stuff stuff like that. Um, in the United States, the less we depend on fossil fuels, the less of ties we have internationally that we have to worry about the price of oil and stuff like and, and that. <clears throat> For our power sources, and the more that you in more power that you individually create um, with your home, the less you depend on the government to produce power for you so that you can live. That's those kinds of things are I think ways that you can sell the idea of sustainable living to people that maybe would otherwise not be interested in it, mm. because I mean, living off the grid, I think is going to be probably strike a chord with some of the people that are distrustful of the government because yeah. they can't turn off your power. If you're the one that's making it.
0: Yeah. Mm. They can't put shit in your, they can't make your frogs gay. If you have <laughs> the frogs, it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, these are straight homegrown frogs. <laughs> Anyway, buy my soy supplements. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And the the cavalcade of chaos continues. Uh, let's talk. A, what? Let's talk about sci-fi for a little yeah. bit uh, before we close this up. Yeah. What? Um. What science fiction houses in particular were you thinking of when you thought of this topic?
1: Um. I when I was when I did the research, I looked at. Uh, Kirk's apartment was one of them. Kirk's apartment, not his on the ship. No, the one that he, yeah, he lives his earth apartment. 50
0: bars of gold plus platinum. We were talking about that. He had to have money. So he bought, so he bought, I guess the motherfucker (laughs) calls himself a socialist and a utopian turns around, just, And look, he's got, like, guns on the wall. Kirk is a libertarian.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's not that surprising. Yeah, Kirk is totally a (laughs) libertarian. But yeah, um, Kirk's
0: plays. uh, This is the San Francisco view over the Golden Gate Bridge mm -hmm. uh, and Starfleet headquarters. Jesus. And it's as seen in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yeah.
1: Um, And obviously, like, it's hard not to think about uh, the the moisture farm in star Wars, a new hope mm-hmm. because, and that's an example of like living in a desert and you're just kind of, and it is pretty sustainable, I think because they're mining, they're mining their own moisture <laughs> for their right, water and stuff like that. That's out of necessity. Yeah.
0: Like the moisture farm, the idea is like, it's not like we went here to get moisture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's we need
1: moisture. So yeah. And I mean, but, obviously the star Wars universe is all interconnected in the way that they trade with each other and stuff. like
0: Right. That. Right. So what is Tatooine selling? Tatooine,
1: I, mean, I think is, I don't, I don't think Tatooine has any major resources because they're controlled. Black market shit yeah. Because they're no controlled by it. the huts. Yeah. So, they're one of the quote outer rim territories that and this particular planet is controlled by the huts,
0: man. It always makes me think about world history mm-hmm. whenever I think about different planets because it's like if you grew up or if you were like centuries ago if you were in like fucking Russia yeah. versus in fucking uh mainland North America, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> One guy's got it real easy. <laughs> the other guy not so much. He's yeah, just like, I just fucking true. want to be somewhere where it's not cold, and it's like, and they come in here and they're like, they got fucking tanks, <laughs> and smallpox blankets. Like it's 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 crazy how depending on your geological and uh, your yeah. biome, really, uh, you you're, you get fucked over in a capitalist <laughs> system. That's just the that's the deal. Yeah, you know, and so it's like if they have no choice, like no one wants to live on Tatooine. Right. No one is like, ah, yes, Tatooine. (laughs) This is where I'll set up shop and raise my many, many thirsty children (laughs) right next to arms, (laughs) arms dealers. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Also, there's just like, wandering nomadic peoples who just sometimes just, like, take your shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why? Because they can Because no one's stopping them. Because no one wants any of their shit. Because there's no law there. Because it's ruled by criminals. They're taking blankets. (laughs) We're taking planets. They're taking blankets. I think we have a better feeling of who's in charge here. Uh, that's what I'm the most scared of in yeah. terms of first contact is that like we get our sustainable like we're kicking ass on all the, let's say, you know, flash forward to 100, 200 years in the yeah. future. And we're like nailing it. We're almost like Star Trek or something like that. We did all the stuff and we're all living in our sustainable homes, eating our bugs. <laughs> and, uh, and then some other fucking uh, alien just comes down and like, what are you doing that? Why are you, like, working on fixing your, you know, like, planet? Why would you care? (laughs) We just build a big (laughs) ship, put a big gun on it, and we just, like, fucking take over whatever. So, uh, like, that's the other thing is we can be entirely Machiavellian, draconian about this and just straight up just be like fucking ditch that planet. Yeah. Like that's what hitchhikers got to the, yeah. Uh, you just strip mine everything. Like. And yeah. Then... Just take it for what it is. Yeah. You don't have to have, if you have no moral quandary about that, you don't have to do right. shit and you can still win. In fact, if your main that goal be is better. to win yeah. <laughs> and not like live amongst each other and better yourself yeah. and like, ha- you know, make sure that we get rid of real currencies and replace them with things like, you know, personal growth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, you're probably not going to be that good in a duel. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, here we are. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. So like, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to live in a Tatooine. No, no. But uh,
1: um, it worked. Yeah, I think the future in Minority Report, everything looks really cool and sleek. I don't think it's on the list, but that's one. Right, because
0: it doesn't give me the vibe that it's sustainable. It gives me more of the vibe of like, here's a high-tech tenement living style.
1: Yeah, and there's the completely anti-sustainable ones like in the Jetsons, where they just live on basically pillars that go above the pollution whenever the Mm -hmm. pollution rises anymore.
0: Right, right. <laughs> they just throw all their trash into the pollution. Yeah. Just hit some diseased animal on its way down. <laughs> Knocks it unconscious, it dies. Uh yeah, so yeah, it's real- that so there, yeah, we're 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 not talking about like what's cool future house. We're sure. talking about what's what has sci-fi done for us to make give us inspiration in our own
1: Yeah, and I don't think that the thing is I don't think sci-fi has done a lot with the because because sci-fi has the aspect of it that is um, commentary on the world. There hasn't been a lot that's that has a future where we're living sustainably, Um, right? Like you have to look to like Waterworld
0: kind of stuff where it's more post-apocalyptic, where they're like making it work, you know, like Firefly Serenity. It's just like, you know, pieced together. Uh, Usually when you think of a house that's sustainable, you also want it. It seems like an easy thing where you also make it like a house versus a home, you know, where you make it feel homey. Kind of like the reason when I, when I think of Firefly, I think of, yeah, they're like scrapping along. The engine is pieced together with elbow grease, but also, they got, like, nice couches and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, like, it still feels like a home. Yeah. Uh, and that seems like that is another PR angle. Mm-hmm. Is, like, get the best interior decor- decorator designers and uh, decorators to, like, have some kind of... Let's not make it high art fashion show. Let's make it, like, what would you really just want to live in? Yeah. Not to make you feel rich. Not to be, like living in like a uh, fucking some architecture architect's dream of a house. Yeah. Uh, but just like a nice home that mm-hmm. you get to kind of choose the interior decor of yeah, and uh, make that sustainable. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem, it seems like not a hard ask. Obviously it is, but like, why don't we do that with our PR right now for the Like everyone's making like little fucking, they're making it all look like Apple commercials. Yeah. And everything's like white and looks like a uh, sterile, like a medical, medical environment. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, it looks futuristic, but you're right. They haven't helped us in terms of like really showcasing a sustainable, like a uh, home or a pad or whatever. Yeah. And also they make it seem like it's future cool instead of making it seem like it's like it's just a cool chill s- spot yeah. to hang with your buds. <laughs> uh Other than like Firefly, uh, Star Wars did a lot to it because they had to, you know, Mm -hmm. like the Millennium Falcon has like fucking plush leather and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you're like, (laughs) oh,
1: damn. Yeah. Like um, I would say like in Fifth Element, Corbin Dallas's apartment is really one. There was some attention. It's like a tiny home kind of a concept. Yeah,
0: That's more of the little houses kind of concept. It doesn't feel like it's that sustainable because doesn't he like grab his clothing out of like packages and shit. Yeah, on. yeah. Uh, but, but the, the
1: the the idea of an efficiency space yeah like that and that's all that's everything you need is in there and mm-hmm. it's just behind panels or you pull it down from the ceiling. I or love pull it up the, the refrigerator
0: ground. shower yeah. situation.
1: Yeah, it's cool. That's dope. Yeah. It just and descends think,
0: into the ground and becomes the drain.
1: Yeah. And I think if you do concentrate some some parts of the of whatever you're building on the efficiency of the space. Then that does give the rest of the world more room to where you can plant trees, where you can plant crops and stuff like that.
0: Right, right. They shouldn't. They should make it Legos. Like IKEA yeah, yeah. should do this. Where it's like I'm looking at a. If you go back and rewatch uh, Fifth Element, there's the shot of when he's like pointing the gun at the guy at the door uh, mm-hmm. frame, uh, trying to rob him. And there's a shot of there's everything looks like it's all beige, but everything like on the ceiling and on the walls has like cabinets. Mm -hmm. And also he has a gun rack that descends from the top. (laughs) Like what they should do is they should make these compartments that like jut out if you press the button and then you can custom define what's in them. Yeah. Like that would be like a cool situation where it's like. To me, if we're living in like, all right, we want to mass produce homes for people mm-hmm. uh, and all you have to do is you, you know, this is everyone's house has like the same square footage or whatever, but uh, you can really customize it in terms of like, if you want to go this way with yeah. it, because we made it like Legos.
1: Yeah. You pull up your couch from a plant panel in the floor. Yeah, or
0: it descends from the ceiling, however yeah. you want it, because they made it work that way. Well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's, a, I think that limited feeling of, Liberty uh, is a good... Yes. Like, we should focus more on that. I should be hearing more news about companies doing that. I mean, in the same way that Ikea made furniture cheap because with, and because they didn't have to deal with, like, the shipping of a couch. Mm-hmm. They're just like, how about you make the couch? <laughs> and we're like, all right. Uh, and we did it. And they had their own stylistic approach and all those things that may cause people to want an Ikea yeah. thing the price range is great and also they hate the aspect of everyone hates the aspect of having to build something from Ikea. But now you have it and they're a very successful model because their PR was like, you can, because of all the things that we, we made for you, you can actually build your furniture fairly mm-hmm. easily yeah. with just what you get in the box.
1: Yeah. And they do have like, there's a lot of videos on YouTube about like space saving hacks or whatever mm-hmm. that you can build a bed frame out of Ikea cabinets. And then you would have like a little stairs up to your bed, but then all the space underneath your bed is used for storage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I get, I get, it's one of my favorite things that I I get in a YouTube hole is Mm -hmm. like either the little houses because I love Murphy beds. Yeah, Yeah. You know, I just love the, you know, the Tetris of houses.
1: Yeah. The tiny house stuff is really cool. The
0: tiny house stuff is cool. I really like the, uh, it's less sustainable because it's also a car. And I know we weren't going to talk about vessels, but there's some really interesting, like people take buses and like straight up, just take the frame of a bus and like rebuild the bus into an an RV Mm -hmm. and, you know, buy a new engine and stuff like that. And they find clever ways to do heating. They find clever ways to do bathroom and, you know, uh, kitchens and stuff like that. And I always go like, that is super awesome. Cause I'm not that claustrophobic And that looks like that would be just like, I have everything here. Mm -hmm. It just feels like a, a living, breathing kind of event. Every time I go to, like, if I want to read a book, I open up a drawer that extends out and it's my bookcase and then I push it down and it's like my pantry and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I just love that kind of customizability to some extent. And also the fact that it's all, I can make it all go away and just walk around. Yeah, Uh, It's kind of a cool I like the ideas that people are – All right, I think that more people should be putting time and effort into uh, making things condense. Yeah. I know in Japan they have making
1: like – Making them
0: modular. 100-square-foot mm-hmm. like apartments, which sounds – absolutely oppressive i'm sure it is (laughs) but they were really clever about how they use that 100 feet yeah you know like and you go oh shit uh but yeah don't live that (laughs) that sounds terrible i don't want that that sounds sounds terrible because you're just like i closed up everything ready to go to bed (laughs) bring out your bed now all i can do (laughs) is sleep there's literally (laughs) nowhere else i can go (laughs)
1: uh yeah and but Doing all that stuff with modifying and having modular homes or using buses and stuff like that, that's doing the thing that you're talking about earlier is using the human commodity to mm-hmm. end our end our capacity for innovation to, to to improve, literally just junk, like because yeah. nobody's going to use an old bus otherwise, so mm-hmm. turn it into a home. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we need to get real clever with it.
1: Yeah. And that's, that is one of our greatest capacities as humans is our clever mind.
0: If it works, it isn't stupid. Yeah, Like I see the, like, uh, kids in poverty ridden kids. in I want to say either Brazil or in sub-Saharan Africa, I mm-hmm. can't remember. Uh, but they were showing how they use like water bottles to make shoes and yeah. stuff like that. And it started off as just like. Okay, just take some string tie it around the shoe so that my physically my feet don't touch the ground. And then over a decade it became like a whole all the kids in the area tried to one up each other with like essentially like the New Jordans. Yeah. You know, and like they were cutting up all the plastic. Because they yeah. just had a ton of plastic. And they like built contours and like added like stuff so it's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And they're basically redesigning shoes from like the level of, like, if it's just pieces of fabric and plastic, yeah, I that is your only limitation, mm-hmm. and it goes on your foot. <laughs> and uh, and they thought of really innovative stuff, and so, so obviously, necessity is sometimes the mother of no- invention, but even when it isn't necessary and people don't see the don't see how necessary it might be in the future, uh, we should still be, yeah, focused on it, and it's hard to. It's hard to uh, get people excited about something where it's like, I live on a ranch. What the fuck would I, why would I downsize to an RV? Why right. would I do that? <laughs> yeah, well.
1: well, look at how cool the RV is. <laughs> he's like,
0: I. you know what's real cool? Walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Just like walking around my apartment, having space. But, you know, it's the goodwill of fellow man. You got to kind of pay it forward a little bit. Yeah. That's what I hope. Is that there's just a whole lot of pain at forward. <laughs> uh, and I try to do that as much as I can. Yeah. because uh, we all need a little bit more of that. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Someone's gonna take advantage of that. <laughs> for me. <laughs> so, whoever
1: whoever invents lying in this universe. Yeah, they're like,
0: I'm gonna get Abep or something.
1: <laughs> He's gullible.
0: Yeah. God. Well, what else do you want to talk about about homes or houses?
1: Uh, I think that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah, the yeah, like I said, I did a project about this when I was in an environmental science classes, and the one that we were designing was more of like suited to California's more um, arid climates mm-hmm. that that part. And there was solar panels on it, wind turbines, a garden space, and it was all within the space of I believe uh, two shipping containers. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Well, you know me, man, as long as 50% of my square footage is just for sex dungeons, (laughs) uh, I'm going to be a happy man, because that's how I spend half my time. So, uh, podcast for a few hours a day, sleep for most of it. (coughs) Every other hour, sex dungeon. (laughs) We're all going to need weird sex stuff in the future. I can tell already. Yep. I mean, we already need weird sex Did stuff. Did you
1: see the thing that went viral of the house of the sex dungeon that was for sale?
0: Oh, no, I didn't. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: was, the realtor was taking pictures of the place. And I think they knew that it was going to go viral if they yeah, showed yeah. if they shared the sex dungeon pictures. No. But it's like a super like nice Is it, sex oh, dungeon. Oh, it's a nice sex yeah. dungeon.
0: Okay, so it's not like a horrifying yeah. sex dungeon. No,
1: no. It's like looks really clean, looks really like oh, classy cool. sex dungeon. <laughs> that's
0: not my sex
1: <laughs> Mine is all tile.
0: You can just—you need to hose it down. Because <laughs> of all the sex you see, mm, yeah, many partners, all that people I've never met in my sex life. Sex juice. Yep, yep. I've I've had very intimate, horrifying moments <laughs> with strangers in that, and that's what life's all about. You sure, know? making you know, connections, making connections, making deals. <laughs> Putting stuff up buttholes. All right, that's no, that's number two. That's twice. Yeah, two two episodes in a row where oh, we ended on buttholes. Yes. Can do they have podcast awards?
1: Do I, am I nominated? I, I I will try to nominate you if there's a yes, butthole dude, podcast. I hope award. there's a fucking
0: like Fields Medal in this for me. <laughs> They're like, and Dave twice in two hours ended a podcast talking about buttholes. <laughs> i'm impressed
1: that's pretty good
0: yeah that's just what we like to do here yeah it ain't sci-fi if there ain't a butthole and that's <laughs> Philip k dick all the way he said said that many times
1: oh i hope he listens to this someday i hope he hears is it is he dead has he oh yeah i think i he don't might even be. know i don't know
0: he's got some problematic
1: uh, sure thoughts i hope he does hear that though
0: <laughs> yeah it's some problematic. Thoughts. All of his work is about buttholes. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like when you realize all the cool forefront of sci-fi, mm-hmm. there's like several like Orson Scott Card. Sure. Do not does not like the gays. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, you you realize like ah oh, cool these guys like yeah they they fostered these like beautiful versions of um, you know what the future may Mm -hmm. hold like I'm just waiting for like Gene Roddenberry to come on he's like yeah you happen to be a white supremacists. I'm like, god damn it! How? How, though? He created the show that had the first interracial kiss on television. He's just like, yeah, but... I'm just scared about all of our old heroes. You yeah. know, science, or how, t- how the future will not treat them well. Well, I'm not really that worried. Sure. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is, after all, their fault.
1: That's <laughs> true. Very true.
0: Right. Well, now I haven't ended it on a butthole, so... Mm. Gene Roddenberry's butthole! End of episode. <laughs> Bye! Bye. <laughs> hey everybody, hope you enjoyed that. Um, this is Abe and I just want to let you guys know that we have a store and uh, you can buy t-shirts, uh, you can buy... Mike's got this rap album. Rap tracks? Yeah, he's working on it. You got rap tracks. You got some uh, audio books on there, and we're adding more all the time. All a la carte? Yeah, and we just felt like, aside from me just tweeting, we should just mention it on a podcast so people Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can check out the Small Beans merch store. Please do. We put a lot of work into it, and there's a lot of talented artists who did as well at Mm smallbeans.bigcartel.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.